0: Hey everyone, you're listening to Can You Hear Us Now, Inclusivity in the Media, a podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices of those in marginalized communities who are frequently overlooked in the mainstream media. Each week we discuss new topics in order to promote representation of those who are recurrently silenced or ignored. Our program aims to bring awareness to these issues in order to stimulate inclusivity in the media. Let's get into it. This episode, you'll be presented three different immigrant experiences from leaving their home country and moving to the United States. We'll talk about anything from their assimilation, culture shocks, and their overall view on American culture, media, and so much
1: more. Our first guest Tamu Lewis is an immigrant from Trinidad and Tobago who has been living in the United States for over 20 years. She works as a corporate finance lawyer in Stanford, Connecticut.
2: Hi, my name is uh, Tamu Lewis. I'm from Trinidad and Tobago. I was actually born in Kingston, Jamaica, but I moved to Trinidad as a child and and grew up in a a residential area called Woodbrook, um, which is in the capital city of Trinidad, which is called Port of Spain.
1: Thank you for agreeing to this interview. Maybe we could move on to some background information. How long did you spend in Trinidad and Tobago before moving to the US? Was it your entire childhood, parts of it, or maybe your childhood as well as a portion of your adult life?
2: Yeah, exactly. I actually um, moved to the US as an adult when I was about 27 years old. I grew up in Trinidad um, and I actually graduated from the law school at the University of the West Indies um, in Barbados and and practiced as an attorney in Trinidad for about three years um, before moving with my husband to the the U.S. Um, He came here um, to pursue a graduate degree at at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. So that's where we
1: moved to. I see. Um, And so... What was the assimilation journey like for you? Perhaps you could provide a story or an experience that symbolizes your journey?
2: Sure. Um, Assimilation was a long road. Um, You know, as as I mentioned, when I originally came to the U.S., it was meant to be for a period, a short period, maybe of about five years. And and that time gradually became longer and longer. I've now been here for 23 years, and and now I'm a U.S. citizen. Um, My three children are also U.S. citizens. Um, I, I think that the challenge for many immigrants is is just finding that feeling of of being at home. Um, you know, immigrants gradually lose some touch with their home countries, yet sometimes they still feel that that they don't quite fit in in their new homes. Um, and for me, uh, you know, I think that the the experience that really symbolizes that the struggle that I encountered. Um, when I came here, is is having my law degree from the University of the West Indies essentially not accepted for purposes of advancing my career here, and uh, you know I had to take a lot of extra steps um, to obtain a U.S. law degree, um, which was onerous um, and expensive, um, and and I feel that in some way that kind of symbolizes the uphill battle for for me and and maybe for 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 many immigrants in terms of of going that extra mile um to to be able to to work and and
1: live in the u.s wow law school twice (laughs) so speaking of careers um have you met any challenges as a result of your trinidadian accent or dialect in our class we have learned that language plays an important role in the immigrant assimilation process so it would be interesting to hear from your perspective
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a that's a very interesting and accurate observation. Um, as you might be able to tell, um, you know, you can still hear my accent, but maybe not as much as you would have heard twenty years ago. Um, in in many spaces, and I think more so in 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 the corporate world, there is a focus on traditional communication styles and and language, and and there is also the reality that different accents and intonations may result in in less fluid communications between people from different cultures. And, and frankly, I think this does result in a feeling um, among immigrants that it's just easier to conform your language and, and your accent and your tone in order to blend in and, and be more easily
1: understood. Have you encountered any misconceptions misconceptions or st- stereotypes about your culture or nationality while living in the U.S.
2: Yes, I I think that, you know, as with many underrepresented groups, stereotypes do persist. Um, You know, for the West Indian, you know, one of those are that as a group, we hold sort of um lower paying jobs, if you will. Um, that's one way to describe it. You know, for instance, that many West Indian women work as nannies or caretakers and, you know, that we don't hold many leadership or professional positions. And obviously as as someone who was entering sort of the corporate world and the um and the and the legal profession, um you know, that that stuck out as a difference to me in in terms of perhaps how I was perceived in general.
1: And do you think these stereotypes transition to how people view immigrants and their experiences in the media? I do. Um, I think that,
2: you know, Caribbean immigrants are not represented in a comprehensive manner, generally, in the media. Um, You know, the stereotypes are are pretty rampant and predictable. You know, Jamaican smoking, listening to reggae, you know, women from nondescript islands, you know, working as caretakers, etc., um, and, and not that anything is wrong with these occupations, of course, or portrayals, but it's really just that when this is the only portrayal, it paints a whole group of people with with one brush
1: and ignores the diversity of the Caribbean people. And speaking to that point, are there any specific American media representations of immigrants uh, of your home c- country that you have found accurate or inaccurate?
2: I think I'll focus on one. Um, Basically, as I said, you know, Caribbean people are are very diverse, all walks of life. Um, And and, and one thing that I would point out, um, I think I have to mention it, is that the generic Caribbean accent that shows up in loads of shows and movies, um, you know, for instance, how Stella got her groove back, um, is pretty inaccurate. Um, I, I would love to see accents from the various islands being highlighted in the same way that many shows now highlight other languages and dialects. um, And they do so by adding subtitles for audiences that are not native speakers. I think this would really add authenticity and and will showcase the diversity of the Caribbean region.
1: Can you recommend any books, movies or TV shows that you believe provide a a more accurate and nuanced portrayal of immigrant experiences in the US?
2: Hmm, I can't think of a book or a show, but but I did find a recent report from um, CBS, I think it aired in February of this year, titled Untold Stories of Caribbean Immigrants. It was, it was a short piece. It was very informative and interesting. The report basically focused on a family from Queens that had traced the arrival of their grandfather from Antigua through Ellis Island. And the story touched on the challenges that many Caribbean immigrants face, uh, many that, you know, had come to the U.S., from the middle class in the Caribbean with professional backgrounds only to face sort of structural racism um, here that they had not encountered at home and, and you know, and a difficulty obtaining, you know, similar professional jobs once they were in the US. Um, as I said, it's, it's a short piece, but but in some ways it deeply resonated with me.
1: Great, I'll have to check that article out. <laughs> Thank you so much for- For your time, Ms. Lewis, it was fantastic getting to learn about your journey, your culture, your country's culture, and your perspectives on media in the U.S. My pleasure.
0: Carolyn Weeks is an immigrant from Montserrat who's been living in the United States for over 30 years. She currently works as a contracting officer and a soldier of the U.S. Army National Guard currently based in Boston, Massachusetts.
3: Hi, thanks for agreeing to meet with me today. Um, before we get started, can you please tell us your name and where you're from and how many siblings you have?
4: Sure, uh, my name is Carolyn Weeks. I am from Montserrat and I have a total of seven siblings.
3: So how long were you in Montserrat before you moved to the United States?
4: I know we migrated here um, in the month of September and I only remember that because we experienced our first snow, which was something else, um, uh, the following year, uh, which was the blizzard of 78, so that was 77.
3: How was that, experiencing snow for the first time?
4: Uh, Overall, the experience wasn't so bad, but my expectation of it uh, as How it was hyped up, if you will, was far from.
3: Do you know why your parents decided that your whole family would pick up, leave Montserrat, and move to the United States?
4: Um, It's so funny you say that. Um, (laughs) It's like every other family migrating to the U.S. It was for opportunity, a better life for the family. It was an opportunity to grow, have their children grow and become successful and just do better in life because that's what America was. Um, You know, America is portrayed as the land of opportunity, land of entrepreneurship, you know. You come in and capitalism, you come in and as long as you're able to work hard, you'll get your, your just reward.
3: How did um, you and your sisters react? Were you guys happy,
4: excited, anxious? Uh, anxious, more like it. We, we were excited because, again, we were, uh, this, this was the land of milk and honey. This was the land with uh, the streets <laughs> are made of gold and it's clean. This was the land that, you know, uh, but again, we came into, in the in, uh, motorway, it was really a time of turmoil for the country in itself. And it depends where you were. We came in the time of um, where there was a lot of unrest, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So. But we still made friends. You know, uh, as kids would, you know, when you migrate to a new place and you need your, your friends, I'm looking at it at, at my age group, you, <laughs> you want to integrate and make friends. I actually adapted the name um, that was given the name Kizzy. Um, I don't know if you know anything about roots, but uh, it was just interesting how kids' children can be so mean. Um, but as I grow up and become mature, I realized Kizzy was a strong personality. Though they might be teasing me because maybe because my hair was flat. When we came, we had plaits and little clips on it, which is, um, you know, that's not how the children we are their hair. hair, hair but we, we learned to adjust quickly after that.
3: <laughs> My next question, I want to talk about are there any like misconceptions or stereotypes about your culture, um, oh, yeah. or your nationality while living in the U.S.? I know that Montserrat is a small island. So maybe if you just want to talk about like the Caribbean as a whole and how the people from the Caribbean are viewed in the United
4: States. When I came here, these kids thought we were living in huts. <laughs> Um, and I and I used to say them they watched too much Azan movies or uh, those types of movies because they really thought we were living in huts, you know, and you know, we didn't have vehicles, the banana boat. you know, it was just and I just even think it was just more of a misconception.
3: Are there any um, memorable um, examples you can think of of American media representations of immigrants or Caribbean? Um, Americans that you found to be accurate or some that you found to be completely inaccurate? Like, what's the most notable to you?
4: So, um, it's kind of hard to say. It really is because when I'm looking at the media, I'm really not. They don't really say, well, this is a Haitian descent. This is a uh, Jamaican descent. This is a from St. Lucia, Trinidad, or whatever. You're Black. Mm-hmm. It's more the race. Do you understand? Yeah, it will go deeper into it but very very rare when the media talks about they talk about your origin.
3: And for my final question, um could you give our listeners any recommended book, movie or TV show that you can think of that would provide more of an accurate portrayal of Caribbean Americans?
4: Well, it's it's it, it's so funny, but it and a, it's an American movie and it's one of my favorite movies. But the integrity of it, I think, would apply. And that movie is called Men of Honor.
3: Mm, okay. Definitely going to recommend this to our listeners. <laughs>
4: it's not, it's not um, because it shows some of the stereotype and the racism and stuff like that but it's also show the true soul, and character when confronted with all of our individual demons and how we deal. Um, Men of Honor, I, Kuba Gooden, it's a very good movie. Um, And it's one of my favorite movies.
3: Okay, I'll definitely definitely recommend that. Um, Uh, Thank you so much for joining me for this um, little interview session to get to know a little bit more about you and your culture. Thank you, thank
4: you. And you have a pleasant day.
5: My name is Victoria. I will be interviewing Florisel Morales Hernandez, where she will be sharing her experience as an immigrant in the United States from Veracruz, Mexico. Hello, thanks for meeting with me today. I'd like to start off with who you are and where you're from.
6: My name is Floriselle Morales Hernandez, and I am from
5: Veracruz, Mexico. Sounds great. How long were you in Mexico prior to coming to the US? I was 26
6: years old when I left Mexico.
5: Wow, it's a long time. What led you to make the decision to come to the US and how did you feel about leaving?
6: US offers better opportunities for us and mainly because we need to get a better life. We want to get a better life.
5: As you know, language can be a large barrier for people transitioning into a new country. With Mexico's primary language being Spanish, what was your experience when learning English? Did you encounter any difficulties?
6: Not really. Um, I always liked the language when I was at a school at Mexico, and uh, my husband is American. When we first met, um, he was we were communicating by uh, hands, symbols, but after that, we get uh, to know each other better.
5: As most of us do in the 21st century, constantly consuming media, that had to change when you came to the U.S. In what ways do you think immigrants' views and experiences are represented in the media?
6: Uh, you don't have too many uh, representation, uh on the media for immigrants especially on the main roles that um, people place on movies or shows.
5: That is so true. Can you discuss the role of language in your media consumption, such as do you primarily consume your media in Spanish or English? Um. Normally, I prefer to watch
6: Spanish, but even if I am watching English, I sometimes I get confused and I feel like it's, spanish too so i don't i don't feel sometimes the difference
5: i can definitely relate have you ever felt misrepresented or misunderstood by the media in its coverage of immigration issues if so could you provide an example and share how it made you feel
6: um the sometimes i feel like the the news and the shows that they have in there about immigrants uh do a bad representation of us because if it's bad people doing bad bad things um they think that everybody is going to be the same way and they give they look at us like we are all the same
5: that's definitely true i've definitely seen that a lot in the news um how do you think the media can better represent the experiences and contributions of mexican immigrants in the united States? And what changes or improvements would you like to see in the media portrayals of immigration?
6: I wish it's more movies, shows, or documentaries showing about our our experiences uh, when we come to the USA.
5: That is so true. Um, so great. I would like to thank you for your time, Ms. Hernandez. It was fantastic getting to learn about your journey, your country's culture and your perspective on media in the U.S.
0: You're welcome.
1: These interviews shed light on the experiences of a diverse group of immigrants, emphasizing challenges faced in assimilation and by oversimplified media portrayals of Caribbean and Mexican immigrants. Ms. Lewis highlighted the uphill battle for recognition in her legal career, while Ms. Weeks noted misconceptions about Caribbean lifestyles perpetuated in the media. Mrs. Hernandez expressed the need for more accurate and diverse representations of Mexican immigrants, highlighting the impact of negative stereotypes on public perception. These interviews revealed the complexity of immigrant experiences and underscored the necessity for more authentic media portrayals in order to reduce negative and one-dimensional representations and instead foster a better understanding of diverse journeys. This episode of the Ten You Hear Us Now podcast was produced as a part of the class project for Mejo 441 Diversity and Communication at the Hussman School of Journalism and Media at UNC Chapel Hill. It was produced by Vicki Jade, Malena Johnson, and Shiloh Williamson and recorded on November 1st, 2023.
0: Thanks for listening to the Can You Hear Us Now podcast. We hope you were able to expand your mind and shed some light on this week's topic regarding Beyond Borders, immigrant perspectives on assimilation and media impact. As always, we encourage you all to take a closer look at the media you consume. And don't be afraid to advocate for those who might not have a voice. Make sure to tune in next time when we discuss Embracing All Bodies, a conversation on fat phobia. You can also head over to our website, CanYouHearUsNowPodcast.com, to check out more information and resources relating to our episodes. Be sure to leave a like on this episode and subscribe to our program on platforms like Simplecast, Spotify, Audible, and iHeartRadio. See you next time.